Hey guys, it's Casey. I just wanted to come on here and let you guys know how much we love you all for listening. It means the world to us. And this isn't an ad. It's just some reinforcement for you tuning in and leaving us reviews. It means so much. So keep them coming and we'll keep these episodes rolling. We love you. Mean it. It's behavior, bitches. Hey guys, it's Liat. And Casey. And holy balls, we are here with episode one, two, three. One, twenty-three. I don't know how Casey needs it to rhyme. So what, what's it going to be, Casey? Okay, so I've got two. Are you ready? Mm-hmm. All right. Episode one, two, three. Today ain't nothing for free. And one, two, three. How high can these prices be? Good one, lol. Okay, guys, that goes right along with what we're going to be talking about today. But before we get to what we're going to talk about today, I think it's a good time to give us some reinforcement. I'm feeling just a whole lot better, just on a personal note. Going to make this movie about me for like three seconds. It's always about you. Yeah. The movie's (laughs) always about me. That's literally what my ex-boyfriend always told me. But (laughs) (laughs) That's why he's your (laughs) ex-boyfriend. Yeah. Um, I just got back yesterday from Miami. I went for a week with... Uh, my parents, my brother, and Kobe, and I needed that vacation so bad. Uh, the person we're having on today, I'm not going to reveal her name yet. She was like, oh, how was it? I was like, it wasn't just like – it was like not like, oh, it was good. It was cool. It was like so necessary. I literally just felt dead inside before and just like I – just no excitement for anything. Like I just couldn't keep going. Like work, like study notes is usually like my happiness. I just felt dead, completely dead inside. And so just going and kind of like restarting your computer when it gets slow. Closing out your uh, I feel like because I never actually shut it down, my computer, so it runs slow. And then I finally like have to because which is the equivalent of like when I usually get a flare up and then I have to shut it down <laughs> myself. But this time it was like I did it on my own without my body making me and I'm so ready to be here today. So if anyone else is like feeling that in some way and you're just like so deep in the grind that it feels like how the hell am I actually going to do it? Like figure out any way just to get yourself out. Yeah. I was going to say I went while she was gone. I went um, camping. I mean, hashtag glamping. My husband and I go every year where we got engaged and we've been going through a ton of family issues. I'm talking like family homelessness, family in addiction and rehab, family might have cancer. Like it if when it rains it fucking pours and getting away and sitting by a fire with no social media cuz there was no internet service. Um we just got to talk to each other and really connect and we haven't done that in a long time we are always grind 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 and finally like that settle of like oh my god and just like I don't know talking to each other is really important so if you're going through something I told Matt because Matt holds a lot in get it talk it say it out loud whatever's running through your head say it out loud because it makes it real and not something that you think you're crazy for feeling so that's my takeaway from my camping trip um but now we're back and we always say this I'm back bitches (laughs) I'm back, bitches, but like actually back. Well, then no, we we said that, and then we're like, okay, can we be back next week? <laughs> See you on Monday. 
<laughs> All right. Like, we're back now, but like we're going to be like really back, yeah. like starting. We're like September 6th. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But, no, but we'll be back next week, but like the most back September 6th, but we'll be back. And when we say we're back, here. we're like literally still teaching and running at the entire business. It's just meaning more like in our minds. It's a mental think. state. It's a mental state. Yeah. All right. So I need to read a review because I love this one. Um, it's from Jadicula. I'm not sure. These, these Apple names that people make are so funny. <laughs> all right. It's called imposter syndrome, which we can all feel. Uh, first off, love you guys mean it. I recently started losing hope in the field because of some experiences I had and heard of from BCBAs. Don't worry. We do too. Uh, listening to the podcast again and regain my hope and passion for the field. Knowing there's people like you two out there cons- constantly pushing for and expecting better. As I was applying to jobs and different opportunities, I backed down because I started thinking I couldn't possibly be qualified enough yet to teach or create CEUs or take on higher roles. After listening to the podcast and realizing how much of an impact you guys have and continue to make, and while still in your early years as a BCBA, I have started kicking that imposter syndrome to the curb while, of course, being aware of my confidence and boundaries, LOL. So thank you. I This one hit home a lot for me because... Yeah, we're new. We're newer BCBAs, right? When we have people on that have been BCBAs for 10, 15 years, we're like, you're fossils. Like, it's such a new field and we feel all the time imposter syndrome. And it is real. And the fact that the podcast could help you realize, like, I, I remember, like, there was one guest we reached out to. I think it was Jim Moore. And I was like, we are just these two bitches. Who, he, this is like, this guy has like 30 years experience. <laughs> like, there's no way he's going to come on. We've had him on twice, guys. Okay. And he reaches out to us. We reach out to him. Like, he also is someone who wants to make the field better. And that is just like the connections that you think you can never make, you can. Seriously. And remember, we're in such an early phase. Like, Like, as you said, all of us. So, like, we don't have a lot of like, I don't feel like a good standards of service in the field, like a just like a how things. Sh- so it just feels like, especially I think a lot of people in this field are control freaks and like to do things organized and have like a game plan or Excel sh- spreadsheet for it. And it's like, wait, and like zero flexibility. That's you personally. I know. But, um, <laughs> <laughs> I only call out what is me. I would never call anyone else. So it's always what's me. Yes. No, but but in general, and so it's like when there's not like a clear path how everything goes, and it's like you know, I who was I, I was speaking to someone recently, and just the idea that there are not like you could work at one company and then go to another, and you feel like you know nothing because there's not like this like overall, which like in one sense is good because there's individualization, but it's also like we don't have things so standardized yet to have just like a clear trajectory, trajectory, the word sounds weird, what you're doing. So if you're feeling just weird and lost, you just have to keep going and just know that you're not alone. Like all these things you're saying is like you might feel alone, but I guess because we're on the receiving end of getting messages like this, I'll tell you that you have, you're in good company. Oh no, Liat will tell you, you're not special <laughs> in the best possible way. I mean, yeah. Don't think yeah, you're special. Yeah, you're, it's having everyone's feeling this fucking, have I told you that before, Case? Yeah, a lot. <laughs> <laughs> 
All right, guys, it's time for our behavioral principles. The robot is back in full effect. Here we go. We are going to be talking about the function of behavior, the four functions of behavior when we're talking about that. Control, token economies, consequences, contingency-shaped behavior versus rule-governed behavior. We will be talking about motivating operations. We'll be talking about the value-altering effect, the behavior-altering effect, EOs, AOs. We will be talking about repertoire, conditioned behavior. We will be talking about control, deprivation, private events, aversive events, learning, history, behavioral variations, deprivation, satiation, reinforcement, the effective aspect of ABA with clinical significance, matching law, and concurrent schedules of reinforcement. And because IOA was clearly not 100%, I will add in extinction first prompts behavior contrast, resistance to extinction, phylogeny, and concurrent schedules of reinforcement. I said that one. Okay. So we were pretty close. (laughs) Not bad. All right. Nice work, girl. Nice work. So anyways, without further ado, peanut butter jelly, um, let's introduce our guest today. Um, I'm going to read the bio so you know how cool she is, but then we're going to really get down and talk some good shit. So her name is Nicole Williams. She is a board-certified behavior analyst. She's also an adjunct professor at Eastern Connecticut State University's psychology department. For nine years, she has worked with parents and their children who experience developmental, behavioral, and social skills concerns. She continues to work directly with families part-time while her main focus is mentoring and guiding the future educators of our field. She is in all settings an educator, taking pride in a gentle approach to learning, allowing the learner to navigate their learning experience and develop critical thinking and autonomy for both children and adult learners. Her passion is sharing the benefits of the science with everyone. Hashtag this is us, which is why we love Nicole and we work We've gotten like a- side note, putting that professional like bio aside, this bitch gets get shit, shit done. done. <laughs> like if you want something done, she'll get it done. Like I have and she does a lot of work with us at study notes and like um helping us with content creation and mocks. And it's like to find someone's brain this beautiful that works so efficiently while having a toddler at home, it's like <laughs> whatever you're on. Give me some. It's amazing. Welcome, Nicole. Well, thank you, guys. It's it's really cool to be here. I love working with you. So um, I don't know how I get that stuff done, honestly. <laughs> You're wild. Okay, first of all, I always like to ask guests, too, like, how did you even contact us for becoming a contributor? Where it was you- so weird, honestly. Um, yeah. So I, I don't use LinkedIn often because sometimes, you know, I'm connected to so many people in the ABA field that it just gets like depressing sometimes. Mm -hmm. People post so much on there. (laughs) Um, So one day I was just scrolling and somehow I had connected with Liat and um, 
she posted like, hey, we're looking for people to write these mock questions, blah, blah, blah. Um, so I was like, oh, yeah, I could possibly do that. Um, and possibly. I mean, <laughs> yeah, possibly. I can't. Possibly. Oh, um, we'll tell you more about it. Yes. And I had, yeah. I had done a little mock writing before. So I was like, I guess. And I reached out to Leah, but I was like fangirling really hard. And I was like, maybe I should like calm that down a little bit because I listen to the podcast and stuff. And so then I just kind of let it fizzle because I was like, I don't know if I really want to do this. Um, but then like, I think it was you, Casey, that reached out an extra time. And I was like, this is, this is a sign. I got to do that. That was your prompt. Yeah, definitely. So that's how that happened. Just a LinkedIn. And I set up a meeting with you. Wonderful possibility. Can we just say that anytime that I get into like LinkedIn kicks, (laughs) like I spend the majority of my time on Instagram. Like I go through random things where it's like, okay, I'm going to check LinkedIn. And it happens probably like once every two and a half months or something. Mm-hmm. And I get so pissed at her because she posts these things that it all falls back on me that like now all these people are messaging and Instagramming and she's like, okay, can you set up meetings with everyone? I'm like, for what? All <laughs> these comments and stuff. Yeah. I know. Her posts blow up all the time. I know. And then I'm stuck dealing with the mess. So No, but I don't post that much. Like it's like rare that I do. And then it's like, I'll like, I'm like, oh, I actually like LinkedIn. And then I forget about it for a few months. And then it, everything involves Casey. That's why, like everything I do. It's like, Casey, I left all these people like unread on LinkedIn by accident. Can you help me? I like, I'm so overwhelmed by the messages that I, Jordan the other day was like, can you not post about CEUs right now? I literally have 9,000 meetings set up. (laughs) I was like, I was on LinkedIn kick. My Adderall lasted a little longer that day, you know, but I'm meeting you. Like I, once we met you and not just met you, like saw your ability to apply ABA concepts to just real life situations at like the drop of a hat. Like you could be like, okay, you could tell Nicole like, all right, IOA. She'll have an example of like, okay, so these two builders are building a building and then, you know, they're trying to see like how exactly the measurements need to be. They measure the same, like, you're like, whoa, dude, where did that come from? Yeah. <laughs> yes. Sometimes I wonder where my brain, it's, it's exactly. Or I'll, so be it's like, just- I'll be like, okay, like, we ask contributors to submit questions and it's like, mostly I get like 15 questions from a person, 20 questions, maybe sometimes 10. Nicole's like, I got 120 this month. I'm like, okay. <laughs> it's like no, really it's good. Amazing. Yeah. And then I you just, can also ask yeah. her like the topics no one wants to post on. Mm-hmm. You're like, okay, yeah, we need some more like philosophical assumptions or uh, non-equivalent relations. It's like, okay, here's 93 questions for you. <laughs> All Just right. on those topics. No so if anyone's listening right now, hashtag ad, we have some pretty badass mock exams over at studynotesava.com. Right now, we have a brand new mock A, a mock B, um, a mean girls mock. We have tons of fifth edition mini mocks. We have combo k- things, and we're going to keep pumping out some killer ones so that you don't get bored because we know how mock exams can be so daunting. All right. That's my ad, Alan. Sorry. <laughs> and just to add all of our mini mocks while we're talking, just because I'm excited about them and they're new, they're all they're all brand new questions. The feedback is so detailed. Mm-hmm. They are they used to be 20 questions, but now they're 25 questions, and I love percentages, so that would be um, 25% bigger for the same price. <laughs> so good, good work. check them out. All right, what are we talking about today, you bitches? Right. Let's talk. 
Yeah, let's All talk. Right. Let's talk about speaking of mock exams, why are prices so high? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. That's exactly what we're talking about. We're talking about inflation, um, the perception of inflation, and that big C word, control. I mean, that's all of us, honestly. Um, but we've all experienced, you know, the surge of inflation, particularly since May. That big surge this year, it continues to rise. Um, and really, we're just talking about all the setting events that came to cause that inflation, starting with, you know, the pandemic as a setting event. Can we just pause for one second? Because I want to operationally define what inflation is. And so I just did a quick Google search, you know, from imf.org. You know, they're a great website. I'm kidding. I don't know. <laughs> Highly credible. Um, inflation is the rate of increase in prices over a given period of time. Inflation is typically a broad measure, such as the overall increase in prices or the increase in the cost of living in the country. So if any of you guys are living under a rock, and you don't know, or you haven't been grocery shopping. Or buying or, gas. Or buying anything. Or literally turning your lights on in your fucking house. Because or trying to buy a house. Because is wild right now. That's inflation. Everything is costing more money. And so your money feels like it's, I mean, not it feels like, it is worth less, right? Because Absolutely. if you were making a $60,000 salary before and you could live on it comfortably when things cost more. Now it's like, you got to make a choice. Like, well, what am I going to buy this month? Do I really need this or do I need this? And so people are feeling it. And when I brought this top, I was like, Nicole, we have to do a podcast on something. And she sent us like 20 different topics, which we will still be doing. <laughs> um, but I was like, do you think I'm just feeling like this inflation situation is wild and it's just so many behavioral concepts that I see in it. Title of the episode, Inflation Situation. <laughs> inflation Situation, exactly. <laughs> and and she's like, dude, yes. And came back with like these research articles and the most beautiful outline ever. So if you're feeling, if you're feeling the heat of the economy right now or the effects of inflation, we're here to talk all about it and let you know you're not alone. Definitely not alone. What's up, guys? It's Casey, and it's fall. Yes, summer is over, and we are in full swing over here at Snaba in our winter collective. And if you want to join us, there is still time. We are only a couple classes in, and we're so excited. So head over to www.studynotesaba.com and sign up. If the live collective doesn't work for you, guess what? We have video bundle options available for you. Also, a few of my favorite fall things is the candle. This study candle has every behavior principle you need, and it's going to create your study environment so amazing. Also, the Snava sweatshirt. You need that when the winter nights start getting cold. So head over to our shop and see what we got. Love you, mean it. Study notes, ABA. ABA in a little X right away. All right, so. Okay, so I just want to say one thing before. It's like an icebreaker. I, so 
when I was Where's this pe- going? <laughs> I never know. It just like literally rolls off. Impromptu. I mean, improv. Improv. I know. <laughs> All right. So when I was in Texas a couple months ago, was it a couple months ago? Um, Liat's dad, Ivan, he's been on the podcast. Um, he is definitely, I mean, he's in the financial like world. So he sees the economy much more than I do, who I don't, I ignore everything. Um, Cause if you don't see it, you don't know it. Um, and he was really, the world is ending. We are buying freezers and gasoline and stocking up on pasta and beans. And like, I'm like watching this behavior, like, whoa, like this is wild. Like they had a whole stock room full of stuff. And I'm like, but what would really, what would that really do if like, yeah, let's just say the price of things are going up, but like, you're still going to have to like live in the world and pay electricity. And, you know, a couple gas cans aren't going to save you from having to like buy gas. Right. Like, a generator is not going to save you from the electricity prices rising because the generator causes electricity to rise. Like, so I'm watching this. Right. And I'm like, in my head, like, okay, when I got home, I'm like, Matt, we've got to stock up on stuff. And so my behavior was we ordered a year supply of cat litter and cat food. (laughs) And he's like, but what about us? We're like the humans. I'm like, I don't care about us. Like my MO is so high for like, it's just different people's MOs. Right. Like, I knew, I'm like, listen, if I have to eat canned beans for a while, I will. But my cats need all of their fancy feast. They're pretty litter. Like, they need this stuff to live. And chewy prices are going crazy. Um, But it was just like one of those things where I was looking at different people's behaviors and what mattered to them the most. And especially for Liat's family being Jewish and kosher, those are things that, like, they're thinking of, right? Like, that's probably your dad was like, we need this stuff, this shelf life food. So it's that in one sense, but because my dad is following like the market so closely all the time, like before the price of gas went to like where it was a like a month or two ago, he was like, look, this has happened before. Like we've seen these patterns. So he follows these graphs, right? The same way that like as behavior analysts were like, all right, there's about to be an extinction burst. Get ready. Mm-hmm. Here it is. And so he follows it and it's like, okay, well, in the past when this has happened or led to a recession, um, I mean, I think there's multiple variables controlling it. You know, part of it is that he's following it so closely. Second, I do think for him, there's also like a little bit of an automatic function. Like I think he like, like genuinely enjoys. Like gets off to it. Like like gets (laughs) off to like being like a boy scout. Like we're in survival. We're going to be. And I'm like, dude, I don't even like sardines. So like we have all these sardines, but like what are we going to, you know, um, so, but I was like, this is crazy, dad. But then I was like, oh shit, the prices really are going up. He was onto something. You know? Yeah. So it's like, well, I guess I also took it as like, okay, is the world ending? Is that where we're going? Because it's a little crazy. But to him, it's like, oh no, it's not ending. It's just that this is he sees what's that going to happen. Picture. Yeah. Right. And so speaking of, you know, bigger picture, let's scale out and realize that, you know, we're all in this huge token economy. So like you said, Liat, when we get paid, it's that set amount. It, it doesn't change. That's where we're at. Um, so we're making all of these decisions and responses just to get that fixed amount of income, which hasn't changed, but the prices of everything has changed. Um, right. So 
because they're saying that there's a scarcity in these goods, right? Um, There's not enough people to gather the goods. There's not enough people to package the goods. Everything's coming out slower. Um, If you go to the supermarket, it's common, especially up here in the East Coast, they'll tell us like, hey, we don't have this in stock this week. You'll have to check back in a couple days. We're supposed to be getting a shipment on this day, um, which was never an issue before, but now it's a reoccurring issue. And also, if you think about like what you just said with the, like, oh, we're going to get a shipment this day. But if you don't have anyone to unload that shipment, like the the work work shortage, yeah. there's so many that I've never, ever seen in my life so many jobs available, yet so little people applying or showing up. And things costing so much. So it seems not to make sense. It's like, okay, I, know, I don't get it. So it's much like major contrast, now, but like not. There's more yeah. like, like, but there's jobs, mm-hmm. but it's like, I mean, I, I'm always like trying to figure it out because, you know, I think COVID for a lot of us, like the start of it, you know, whenever it was, like, was it? Like the end of 2019? It was actually March of 2019. Uh, no, no. the December of 2019. World shut down in March of 2020. Okay. So, I like, I didn't, like, I never thought about things like supply chain, like, that people are, like, actually figuring out, like, oh, how many toilet paper do we need for this kind of thing to happen? Oh, you know, during this time of year, we're going to need more wood for fires and during this time of year, um, you know, and if there's a shortage of water, then, you know, farmers can't sell this. And suddenly it's like, wait, and like, I don't know, like over the last year, like I'm hearing like, oh, we're out of popcorn or like we're out of, you know, corn. Oh, now we're out of, um, like, I mean, I was telling Casey today, I was like, you know, sriracha, there we're out of sriracha which to me is like NBD because like I don't need it. But I'm he's like, what? <laughs> I'm like, yeah, like there's been a shortage. Like you can't get it on the shelves anywhere. Yeah. And I mean, it, it, it's happening across all goods. At, at one point it was, you know, a paper shortage. Then there was milk shortage for a while, especially formula. With, like dietary restrictions. Formula has been really bad and a topic that's not talked about. Yes. Um, so there's been so many shortages across multiple goods that has to do with workers. It has to do with um, the supply there and the demand has, you know, exceeded that, that supply. And, th- and there's just so many variables with that. Supply. Like, I mean, cause then you like to take it back even further and it's like, wait, like I've been reading these articles about how like they're, they're low on shipping containers, like right. literally from China, like they don't have enough containers to send over here. Doesn't so it just like, make you think that like, the, they're just so much bigger than like us or like, the, I just think yes. this is like every little thing I look around. The amount at, of things that have to go right for it to be able to land up on mm-hmm. your table is like wild. Bigger than you ever imagined. I think yeah. it speaks to our culture too as Americans, because I always refer to us as like microwave society. You want it now. It's there yeah. all the time, pretty consistent. Um, but now I think we're struggling hardcore because we're so used to having the immediacy of those items um, available to us. So we're talking about changing the contingencies that we're used to mm-hmm. and, and altering all of um, the reliable consequences that came from that. And like just the availability of like 
being able to replace everything brand new. Like we no longer, like if your microwave breaks, like speaking of microwaves, like are you going to pay someone to come out for 150 bucks for a service to check your microwave? No, you're going to order a brand new one on Amazon for 50 bucks. Get it in two days. Yeah. Get it in two days. Yeah, if you live in Texas, not New Hampshire, you can get in that shit in two days. Same day. Oh my gosh, I miss same day delivery. (laughs) I was in Texas two hours later. Two hours later. Me, I have to wait like four to five days for anything to come. (laughs) That is so hard. I'm so sorry. Thank you. (laughs) But okay, now I also want a side note. In this economy that we're in, in the society, in the life that we're living these days, stop being a fucking asshole. Because I have seen people go to restaurants where there's shortage of cooks, of servers. Maybe they're out of something on the menu and people being horrible to people. Um, I was camping this weekend, like I said earlier, and they were short-staffed. And the pizza oven's supposed to open at 5 p.m., right? And the cook wasn't there. He just didn't show up. And so the sweet lady was trying to you know, there's a line of people that, you know, bring your own food. You're camping. Okay. Don't expect a pizza oven to be your source of food and just like being so mean. And I had, I feel like I just kept going behind and like being nice to the people. Like, don't worry. I imagine you like putting yourself like in to go cook. Matt was like, Casey, <laughs> this is not your problem. I'm like, but do you see what's going on? Like they need help. And he's like, I'm like bussing tables. I was like, it's just like, I just have seen so much hatred and and anger in everyday life. Like even just Aroma Joe's the other day, their uh, internet was down, so they couldn't take anything but cash. And the line of cars, everyone's beeping and being just like, you know what? You'd go to Dunkin' Donuts. It's five seconds down the road. Like if that, don't yell at this sweet, poor 16-year-old who is showing up at 4 a.m. to open Aroma Joe's. It's not her fault Comcast isn't working. Like, I don't know. I just, that's a piece. Seems like Casey's had some recent experience. I was going to say. Further on, further on than even <laughs> the, the direct inflation but of just people being dicks. But I do have to highlight, though, in Casey's example, you're taking a behavior that was previously reinforced and no longer providing reinforcement, oh, right? So now you, you have to be ready for that emotional response from people. Mm-hmm. Will it change Maybe if people actively realize that these situations are going to come up more and more in our everyday lives, then they can kind of better prepare themselves to not engage and in that you know what? response. When you are not the one, so here's a good example also. Oh, yeah. Here, here we go. Who's ready for this? <laughs> I can't wait. <laughs> so we order supplies of different things at Study Notes, ABA, and there are certain things that we get and we do have to get it from overseas. So we've had an issue getting our own products, and I know how hard it is. And then at one point, we needed help, and there was, like, literally no one looking for work, okay? With, like, don't worry if anyone's a BCBA listening, being like, I'd love to work. It wasn't that. It was more like, (laughs) you know, like, warehouse, like, kind of stuff. So, um, and I'm like, holy shit, what do you mean no one's looking for a job? Like, what's going on? Or, like, we can't get our own products, which means, like, some of these products we need to to, to like create our bigger products, like stuff that goes into our other products we sell. Product, 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 product. Um, and so I've come in direct contact with the contingency. I know what it's like not being able to provide the same level of service or the item or, you know, I see that like 
wow, doing business now is a lot more expensive. Like for me to be thinking about like shipping over, you know, these notebooks that I've made somewhere else, it costs a lot more now. So prices are higher. So I understand it because to me, I've come into direct contact with it as running a business with the contingencies of like, it's not as easy anymore. Mm -hmm. Right. So until you, it's the same way of like, you know, you're talking about like kids bullying at school. I was talking to someone yesterday and I was like, until you're the one bullied, you don't understand it. It's that like, have you come into contact with the contingency yourself to realize that all these things that are happening that are bigger than you? Right. And I think that's where we start to talk about control, right? So in that situation, not having a worker or somebody who's willing to work in that role was out of your control. And that is that setting event. Um, And I love to define things. So I'm with you on that, Leah. Skinner, our homeboy, um, has a beautiful definition of control. My girl. Um, She's so my girl. (laughs) (laughs) He says it's the ability to influence outcomes, consequences, essentially, in your own environment. Um, So when we're talking about control, we want to think about our direct effect on the environment, that reliability of producing an outcome on your immediate environment. Um, even social scientists say that, you know, control has been an asset to our development as a species. It's been a part of that survival. Hashtag phylogeny right there. Oh, um, maybe she's born oh, with it. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, control has been everywhere. It's been present. Even if you say you're not a control freak, you've engaged in some behaviors that influence, you know, good outcomes for yourself rather than negative outcomes. That's totally natural to us as human beings. Um, but you can see signs of control as early as infancy when they start to play with toys, cause and effect play, turning things on and off, that immediacy um, is them exploring the control of those objects in their environment. And then they're they're moving into contact with that reinforcement. And so it's conditioned of like, when I do this, I should get this. And that's why they're acting like a dick at Aroma Joe's. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yes. Exactly. But also like, if you bring that back and I've I'm not quite sure if you guys have heard this, but I know we all know there's four functions of behavior that everyone talks about in behavior analysis, sensory, escape, attention, tangible. And there's the fifth one that isn't talked about a lot, but it's control. Absolutely. I will double down on that. Um, yes. Control is definitely a, a function. potential function of behavior. Oh, my God. If And if, if you could describe Casey in one word, it would be... Uh, sensory and control (laughs) those are my two like I was joking with Yacht earlier I was telling her that um this weekend at the at the camp for no reason at all except that it felt good and I had control right yep Matt and I were sitting by the pool and I was like I need you to time me how long it takes me to swim underwater from this end to this end and he's like why I'm like I don't I don't know we're reading books like we're just like sitting there and I'm like I had this like (laughs) like just like I was like he's like babe you're not a child and there's kids in the pool and like I'm like do it now and I need to do it better and better and better and I kept trying to get better time and then I was like rate me on my dive and he's like what he's like okay 6.8 and I'm like 6.8 that's not good enough I'm like why is it a 6.8 please (laughs) define he's like well it was kind of a belly flop so now I'm like arching my back (laughs) and shaping my behavior and I'm like all of that was a because it felt good to me because I could have control over something. And for some reason, everything in our life is out of control. I had to, at that moment, right, do something I knew I could do in my repertoire and do it better than 
only me. There was no competition. It was just me. <laughs> Absolutely. So, and like the negative reinforcement, like you said, in that article, right? When you buy stuff that if the world is going crazy oh, yeah. and you can't control inflation and you can't control the economy, like Liat's dad did, buy sardines. Yeah. So when people come into contact with things that are out of their control, it could be minimal, you know, like you're stuck in traffic and now you're late. Oh my gosh. Um, your car breaks down. Um, things that happen, you get laid off, right? Mm -hmm. Those are outside of things that you can control. Um, and that article is talking about the compensatory control theory. Um, Please operationally define this. Nicole. I will. It's also known as CCT. Um, and it states pretty much that individuals will engage in different types of behavior um, that aren't necessarily related to the control deprivation piece, but they'll engage in those behaviors just to try and regain control of the situation. So say you're in traffic um, and you're running late, can't control it. Um, you start to feel overwhelmed. Um, instead of doing something that will make you get to work faster. Private or, event, private event, anyone studying. Oh yeah. Feels inside. Definitely feelings. Um, but instead of doing something that will help you get through the traffic faster or get to work faster, you might engage in a different behavior that allows you to regain control over the situation, like honking your horn. So obnoxious, mm -hmm. you're not going anywhere or uh, flipping through songs on the radio. You just might start doing some wonky things just or like me, like I automatically lie. Like I'm like, there's a huge accident on 635. Like I'm <laughs> coming in. I want you to know I had left my house early. I am almost there. I'm freaking out. I need this appointment so bad. Right? Or sorry, like, <laughs> me today. your GPS. Like, it says I'll be there in this many minutes. Yes. Um, so you're tapping like, what's going yeah, on in the environment. Exactly, exactly. Or for me, I'll, like, have, like, a hangnail and be like, I'm going to control myself that, like, I will only pull this hangnail if we move 300 yards in the next, like, 10 minutes. Like, this is also psychotic behavior. I, I, do, <laughs> I do kind of understand this as we're talking, but... <laughs> it's like a control thing inside me. I'm like, don't do it, Casey. Don't touch that hangnail. Okay, we're good. Yeah. <laughs> it's a control. It's like weird things we all do to control in our own ways. But you know, it does go back to those private events. And I think that is pretty consistent for all of us because that loss of control, what it does is it, it leads to a feeling of discomfort in some way. Mm -hmm. It could be, you know, fear. It could be panic. It could mm -hmm. be uh, anxiety. Um, yep. But overall, it's an aversive, private experience. Yep. Um, and so that's when you start engaging in some behaviors to try and, and fix that. Well, I think it becomes like a EO or an establishing operation, right? Because yep. now you have this MO, like I'm uncomfortable or like, oh shit, like I'm, I'm looking at social media and, you know, it's like there's now a shortage on formula. So I'm like, Okay, blah, blah, blah. Okay, like I better go get it because like I don't like, you know, that directly affects me. That's like valuable to me. So it's an EO for me to go buy it. Um, so now I'm, you know, I <laughs> was with someone this week who like works with my dad and was like, you guys are the only people who like middle of the day will be like, okay, we need to go to Costco. I'm like, dude, it's not me who wants to go. Like I have so much work to get done. And my dad will be like, you know, we really don't have enough of rice if this is – and I'm like okay, – <laughs> I know. I've seen that. And, and, but it's, you know, 
you have this establishing operation making this sudden thing valuable. So whatever, like Casey was saying, like her cats to her, super valuable. You know, it's like, okay, that's what I got to get for them. And you can't control where the economy is, right? Right. So it it is where it is. So it's like, let me do what I can control. So let me go ahead and like stock up on some of these things. Let me go ahead and, you know, um, I'm going to move this money over to savings right now because it's anything that you feel you could do. Or like, you know, I'm just going to cancel this makeup box subscription I have because, you know, I just saw the price of things. And it's like, do I really need that? Or do I really need the live TV plus Hulu? You know, I found myself doing some of these things too just because – and again, I don't consider myself a control freak. But it's like, what can I do that's going to provide me that negative reinforcement or that relief from that like discomfort of that private event I'm feeling inside? And I don't even think control freak is like a viable word. I think it's, it's so we can dive into that too. Um, we're talking about in general consumer behavior. Where are you allocating your funds to? Um, and unfortunately, everything in this world costs some sort of money. So um, when you lose that control, what you do is you either start allocating your funds to make sure you have what you need or you might have other intrinsic things that you're battling, right? So with you, it might have been a fear that Kobe wouldn't have enough food, right? So baby formula is really important for the survival of your family. Um, but and, and, and then it, then we start coming back to those primary reinforcers yes, too. Yes. Like a lot of us are like leaning back in. Like, do I need five new makeup products that come every month that I don't know what they are that I might never use, <laughs> or do I need food? And, mm-hmm. But I think and, I think the feelings get more complicated than that, right? So it could go to feeling powerless or maybe at a loss of your autonomy, right? So if you feel powerless, you might want to buy more things that make it look like you have it all together, right? You've seen those folks where they'll go out and they'll get like the designer shoes or the perfect handbag or top of the line something to make it seem like they have it all together if they're feeling powerless. Or if you're feeling a loss of autonomy, you feel like you can't do things on your own will, you might look for more unique products, right? To show that you have that power, that autonomy. So I think it gets a little bit more complex about those private feelings just outside of fear and anxiety, but it could also be more than that. And you, you start seeing those like variation of responses too, yeah. right? So it's like, all right, previously I was doing this to make money, but now I think I'm going to start like doing this, you know, or um, like what are some other ways I could – you're just like thinking about things that you wouldn't typically think about, like you're, these changes, and they're all due to MOs or, mm-hmm. you know, whatever's going on. Like, you know what? I don't usually like leftovers, but I'm going to like re – Start eating leftovers because you don't want right, to buy and I'm food. Gonna, Exactly. And it's like, well, that's the thing that Matt and I, last night we had gotten home from camping and he was like, babe, we, you know, we'd spent a lot of money and cause we didn't camp. It was glamping and it was like, you know, a beautiful tent with a bathroom. It wasn't really camping. So I'm not that Wait, hardcore. you had a bathroom in your tent? I know, I know, I know. And I was still like up all night thinking about like people that don't have bathrooms in their tent and like, I'm thinking back on when I was like a kid camping with my family. We didn't have fucking bathrooms, but I had to have a bathroom. I also have, you know, everyone knows what my issues with my butt. But anyways, yeah. Um, So, but I was telling Matt, so we got home and he's like, oh, we should, we, we should grill tonight. And I'm like, okay. But we had also, I forgot to cancel our daily 
like a harvest or hello fresh or whatever those meal things is. And I'm like, oh no, we are cooking these meals. Like this is, we are going to eat this. And typically it's summer. I would love to grill and like be out and get corn and steak. But I'm like, just thinking about like, well, I might not like, and I go scarcity mindset because that's what I grew up with. And that's like a trigger for me is that like, well, tomorrow I might not have money. So we're just going to eat what's in the fridge, sir. And like knowing full well, we could afford to go get corn and like put it on a grill. But it's just these behaviors that you start seeing yourself engage in. Right. And that's individual to your learning history, too. Totally. That's what I just read on the paper. Learning history. Did Uh, you really? Beat you to it. I can't wait to check our IOA. (laughs) (laughs) So we talked about a lot there. Yes, um, but I think if we if we pull it back a little bit, mm-hmm. um, and we start to talk about why people engage in fear and panic buying, you know, mm-hmm. um, there is that social media influence, and I think we should iron out the difference between um, a perceived loss of control and an actual loss of control. Oh my god, totally! Um, because like what I just said, perceived oh of me gosh. not having money tomorrow, that's right. not real. That's your specific <laughs> learning history, though, that caused that perceived loss. Um, whereas, I, I mean, I don't watch it anymore, but some people still watch the news. Um, no, and the news heavily influences the way. But even if you don't watch product. the news, you're 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 on social media probably at some. Oh, yeah. Social media still does it, too, because, of course, the news got smart and they have their own pages. So people start sharing Mm -hmm. stuff from there. Um, But like more than that, I think when I was watching television like that, you're heavily influenced on what is actually scarce. You know, all they have to do is take one thing and twist it in a way. And now everybody's in a panic. Right. Yeah. oh no, we're running out of gas when in actuality we're not running out of gas. Or, you know, um, like uh, on the East Coast, a nor'easter is coming. Everybody knows what that means. You run to the grocery store, you get eggs, you get milk, and you get bread. I don't know why, because nobody ever uses that during a snowstorm. Like it's <laughs> no, you just want pizza. Yeah, yeah. So um, I think social media in general, um, the news... Mm-hmm. media platforms they start to stir a perceived loss of control in a lot of people um even if it's not necessarily true and i think that that again perceived loss i would say kind of goes with that rule governed behavior versus yeah. actual loss is going to be that contingency shaped and the crazy thing is it instills yeah. the same feelings so people yeah. still get that fear they still get that anxiety And that can go for more than just this episode on inflation. Like perceived loss is, I think, could be a whole podcast on its own of what you actually, you know, go through every day thinking of what could happen or what if or – and people live their lives a lot in that really scary space. Right. Versus that anxiety. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a loop. It's like – and I was telling Leah earlier, um, we – clearly we talk all day every day, but um, I was like – you know, in my life, I've gotten through a lot of really scary times and a lot of shit. And like, so for me, I'm like, guess what? That's contingency shape now. Like when she was asking me about like my family stuff going on right now, I'm like, I know that it's not my issues because I have overcome so much and that my life is in control and maybe people around me are out of control, but I have gone through that where it's like a learned experience 
versus like, and I, I have to tell myself that every single day, cause I am such a what if or like, this could be like the worst thing ever, but I'm like, Casey, you've come into contact with this shit before and you've overcome it. So you're going to be just fine. Yeah. And I mean, that, that goes back to, you know, the media telling you, okay, go back to the pandemic, even the height mm-hmm. of the pandemic. Okay. Everyone's running out of what? Toilet, toilet tissue, paper, water, <laughs> yeah, like cleaning supplies. Yeah. Um, so those things became important to us, whether mm-hmm. or not we wanted them to be important to us, um, totally. whether or not you had plenty of those supplies at home. Um, we started experiencing more rules and things at the stores, right? You start getting limited. Oh, you can only buy two cases of water. You can only buy. And what does that do to your MO? Make you want it that much more. Exactly. Mm-hmm. So that de- that deprivation um, becomes even more salient. Oh, my goodness. Um, and that deprivation buying starts to happen. So what I mean by that is that you haven't had that product in so long that when you're finally able to find it somewhere, you go crazy. You get as much as you can. Um, And I mean, a really simple example of this is with my two-year-old. She has a favorite, like, um, you know, everything's like squeezable now, which is so it's all sensory texture wise but she loves it it's like the specific flavor that she likes which is banana mango pineapple oat like super healthy plum Um, brand yeah yeah but you know what leah i can never find it but when i do find it i buy the (laughs) whole walmart delivery i buy the whole case oh my gosh i buy the whole thing in the grocery store because Every and then you know what happens? Don't see it. Oh, and then they don't eat it. That's definitely what happens. <laughs> like, there's stuff I own that it's like, if I have one more, like, it's like, oh, I'm going to buy these in case. Yeah, exactly. I notice I don't have it. It's like, if I have one more of these, like, I'm literally going to puke. And then you're in that, like, it's an abolishing operation. Absolutely. Oh, like me with Fabletics? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm like... My husband, like, he counts. He's like, you have 45 pairs of black leggings. Oh, my god! He goes, please stop. And even at Liat's, like, so Liat, when I was in Texas, she had ordered, um, like, a, a haul on Amazon that day. Remember? Of, like, workout yeah, clothes. Yeah, I ordered, like, literally like, 20 pairs. And I was like, hey, I'm going to try them all on for you. You're going to tell me which ones I keep and which ones I return. And I was, and like, anyone that I didn't want, she's like, oh, I'll just buy them instead. I was like, dude, why? <laughs> you literally have so many leggings. Like, And I had to, like, check myself. I'm like... You could just do laundry, Casey. And guess what? You'd have 45 new pairs of black leggings. <laughs> Response effort. <I> Definitely. <laughs> oh, there's so much. Oh, my God. This has been like a really, I think, good podcast for people that are needing to understand that you're also not alone and going through everything that's happening and applying why we're engaging in these behaviors, right? There's one other, I know it like it's kind of wrapping up now, but there's one other principle that like, I think we just have to put in because people get really confused on when it comes to compound schedules. Oh, all right. Show me. Tell me. Do you see where I'm going with this, Nicole? No, go for it. In terms of making a choice, there's one schedule that we talk about, about making a choice. What is that schedule, Casey? Concurrent. Concurrent schedules, right? And so- you know, it's it's it could be that idea like where are you going to put your time? Where are you going to put your money now that you're having to make more of a choice and maybe feeling that pressure more? Um, am I going to put this money towards my Fabletics or am I going to put it towards getting gas 10 years of cat food, right? Yeah, yeah. So that that concurrent schedule is 
the idea that there could be more than one schedule of reinforcement running at a time. And you're going to choose where to put that, that time or that money or that's what, your, your behavior tokens, where you're allocating your tokens your yeah. in that, in exactly. that case. Yeah. I'm, I'm glad you went there because it goes back to the research that we kind of dove into a little bit, but, um, pretty much what Chen and colleagues in 2016 found were that people would either engage in, you know, purchasing behaviors of utilitarian products or hedonic products. And the difference, What's hedonic? the difference between those, so utilitarian were consumer goods, stationary paper goods, cleaning products. Hedonic is really those that bring like sensory pleasure. Right. So vibrators. It could be, well, it could be something as simple as like, chocolate right like it's not your your basic need but it's that thing that makes you feel good right so Mm -hmm. i think casey's buying litter is a hedonic purchase right because Mm -hmm. tending to her cats makes her feel good knowing that they're good they're safe makes her feel good is it Mm -hmm. a basic need no because her cats probably already have plenty of litter but to her and they could literally shit on the mat and i'd be fine Exactly. Yeah. They yeah. definitely could. We're, I mean, we've yeah. come a long way, but um, <laughs> she's she's choosing where to allocate those funds to. Um, and I think that's everybody's struggle during a time like this where mm-hmm. money hasn't changed, right? But the value yeah. of our money has changed because the prices of all the products have increased. So now mm-hmm. we have to choose where are we allocating funds to? And honestly, this hits so close to home for me right now. Are um, you going to say childcare? Yes, because my child. Okay. She really? is. Really? How do you Yeah. Know? She's in um, a daycare setting and she's in this really good program because I am an overachiever and I want to make sure that, you know, their curriculum is on spot and she's learning every day. Uh, and she loves it. Um, however, you know, earlier this week, Monday, I was slapped with like an envelope saying, you know, this is our new enrollment paperwork for the school year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I open it and I see that tuition has changed by $222 a month, which now makes my daughter's tuition for daycare more expensive than my mortgage, which is crazy. Um, so now me and my husband are talking about how are we going to allocate our funds? Nicole, don't worry. You're smart it's as shit. Crazy. You'll teach this kid better than any school. I mean, I know that has been one of our <laughs> options, but I'm also kidding. I'm having a conversation no. with them, um, because it's definitely a mess up on their part. Yeah. Um, so yes, I can work up to an increase like that, but to, to just slap things like that on people within yeah, limited amount strain. of time. Yeah. They're literally trying to roll it out on September 1st, which is next week. And I was no. like, dude, no, it, that's crazy. It's insane. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm willing to work with them, but it it's everywhere. It's it's everywhere. Things it's, are just it's everything. Everything. Every, and people are like, oh no, you know, that should be fine. But you're seeing it in groceries, but, but it's happening it over and over. So yeah. it's like one thing. It's like, okay. that. But I think well, the crazier how, yeah. part is, you know, and this might get a little nerdy, but the GDP is not declaring a recession. Um, and a lot of people have asked, you know, wow, inflation has increased. I think the last time um, back in May, it was reported to be, um, Let's see here, 8.6%, which is a lot. You would usually only see small variances um, by like quarter of a percentage. Um, so when so, you talk about this, are you talking about in terms of like interest? 
Yes, I'm talking about interest. I'm talking about... So in case, can you just explain really quickly like what it means if we are in a recession? Yeah. So that would mean that you know, the price of the dollar has changed to where we can no longer afford, essentially, things like gas, electricity. We're talking really basic. We're not talking about um, things outside of that, like consumer goods. We're talking about your basic necessities. The percentage on your mortgage, we were talking about a little bit earlier about the housing market, but your rent will go up. Um, electricity, mm-hmm. natural gas, you're talking about prices. Water, of, water is more expensive. Oh yeah. Water, meat. Um, mm-hmm. if you're, if you're a meat consumer, um, but you're talking about, you know, your household operations, cars, trucks, like you're, you're talking about really basic, basic things, um, increasing by several marks. Um, and we're not, again, we're not talking about like quarter of percentages. We're talking about whole percentage numbers. Guys, this is clinically significant. Okay. Super significant. So um, <laughs> I think the takeaway really is just for folks to start thinking about how they're choosing to allocate their funds. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, just watching. Because I think a lot of the perception of control also has to do with um, something that we call like social trust. Right. So do you have faith Mm -hmm. in the people around you to change the situation? And I think a lot of us would say no. Right. Yeah, Um, absolutely. Because (laughs) naturally we're skepticists. Right. So we're like, um, no. Hashtag philosophic doubt. (laughs) Yes. I'm going to try and take control of this myself. Um, Mm -hmm. And then you start to uh, look at how you can engage in behaviors to do that. And you guys know the last one I'm going to say is all of this, and we didn't say this hashtag, but is matching law. Okay. So you're going to match your behavior where you get more reinforcement in that moment. Again, it's going to change for everyone's background, setting events, histories, whatever it is, current situations. Um, But this is awesome, Nicole. Thank you so much for this. No problem. Thank you guys. I love this. And we, just so you guys know, we I, I said it before, but we have a few other podcast topics that... Oh, a few? She sent like 20. <laughs> Again, 10, I think. Overachiever. Guys, I can't help um, it. My brain just goes crazy. That's why I we love, it. love you. That's how our brains are. So it's good. It's like, that's how our brains are, but they, like, it's just like there's not enough... No bandwidth there. <laughs> yeah, bandwidth. Um. So yeah, I mean, you got to figure out a way to keep your kid in childcare because you get such great work done for us. So. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that, that, that's, no, it, it really is like I mean, all the time it's like I mean, people like thinking like, do I keep my kid in childcare or like, am I just making money to pay for childcare? You know. Yeah. And I know we're definitely not there yet. We're not. We're not at the point where we're like, oh man, you know. Right. But. I think, like Casey said, right, you have to start evaluating, is it worth yeah. this much, though? Right. You know? Right. Um, and if, you're, if your answer is no, you got to, you know, look elsewhere. Yeah. And I think that that has been a trend in the ABA field. This is like a little left, but I think that's been a trend in ABA in general um, mm-hmm. with people being burnt out from work and their jobs and, yeah. you know, with the current state of inflation, they're like, dude, is this worth it? Right. And I think people are, are deciding no. Yeah, I agree. I think that I always talk with Leah about when I have a kid, I'm like, if I was working like in the clinic job I had, I would have to stay home. Like there'd be no way that I could afford to put my kid in daycare and 
like live. I mean, on most of these salaries, you could afford it, but it's that mom guilt, man. And that's something people don't really talk about too. It's working in the clinic, being there all day, and mm-hmm. then coming home and your child is getting ready for bed, right? Ugh. Like that is that is the worst. So we have a lot more podcasts to do with Nicole, if you guys have not figured that out by now. But we want to wrap this one up. And thank you so much for coming. And Liat, what do you got? All right. Hopefully you guys are as big a fan of Nicole as we are. You'll hear more of her. But for now, you guys know where to find us. You can find us on behaviorbitches.com. You can find us on Instagram at Behavior Bitches Podcast. You can find us on Facebook at Behavior Bitches Podcast. Please reach out to us if you have a topic you want to talk about, if you have someone we should bring on, if you're that person or you want us, if you want to also give us love, we love getting emails. So go ahead. And even more than emails, we love getting five-star reviews on the Apple podcast app. Unfortunately, there's not an option to do that on Spotify. Well, or no, now you can leave, uh, you can't leave the actual written reviews on Spotify, but you can leave stars. Okay, so go ahead and give us some stars. We'll take that too. <laughs> Those are like tokens. But yeah, go go ahead, give us some and leave us a five-star review. We'll read it. And it honestly, the reinforcement works. It's what keeps us going because when we hear that we're making a difference for anyone listening, that's what means the most. So that's all we have for you today. As always, love ya. Mean it. Hey guys, it's Liat and Casey. We just want to take a second to let you know that if you're thinking of being a millennial like us and starting your own podcast, there is a way. You can do your show without having to become an audio editing and production wizard because guess what? We don't know shit with that. But we have Alan at Pretty Easy Podcast who helped us get started. He records our shows. He posts them. He adds awesome, awesome music and cool shit when we don't even know what he's doing. He sends us teaser episodes. He does it all. We just sit here and friggin' talk. We shoot the shit and you can record from home, your office, the park, a bathroom stall at work. It doesn't matter. He provides the complete podcast studio. All you need is a microphone and you're good. Alan caters to your schedule and gives you a producer for your show at your beck and call. He has been super flexible with our schedule. Whenever we need him, we go to Google Calendar. We just book him and he does all the hard work. It's like so incredibly easy. That's why it's probably called Pretty Easy Podcast. So be heard and have some fun podcasting like us. Go to prettyeasypodcast.com today. Mm -hmm.